The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 110. Hi, I'm Lewis Schiff, author of Business Brilliant, Surprising Lessons from the Greatest Self-Made Business Icons. There's always a surprising lesson in this show, and sometimes it's even intentional. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my friend, Jeff Brown. What you need is a recipe. It's a, it's a system that you trust and you know it works. And then once you have the system that you trust and you know it works, then you can search for tools that can help you implement the system. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where the topic of leadership is always central to our discussion. But we also will dig into personal development, productivity, career, business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. And today, we get to learn from Caesar Abade, author of Project Management for You. How to turn your ideas into reality, deliver on your promises, and get things done. I'm going to be asking Caesar about why so few of us take action to make our dreams a reality and why fewer still see projects through to completion, how leveraging mind maps can aid you in project management, the questions to ask to help you determine what to keep and what to delegate, and a lot more. I'm looking forward to launching Read to Lead University very soon, an online community of Read to Lead podcast listeners where you'll learn not only new skills, but how to implement what you're learning and apply it toward your unique situation. If you'd like to find out more about Read to Lead University and be notified when it launches, a couple of ways you can do that. If you're in the United States, you can text UNIVERSITY to 33444. Otherwise, just go to readtoleadpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter list to the right of the page and be sure to check the box that says RTL University Updates. Caesar Abade is a project management professional, author, professional speaker, business coach, and consultant, and entrepreneur. And as host of the Project Management for the Masses podcast, Caesar reaches thousands around the world every single week. He also exercises his project management muscles as the vice president, client services of, and I hope I get this right, Riemann Tech? Correct. <laughs> a business dedicated to providing project management services to the construction industry. Caesar is also the author of the new book, Project Management for You, how to turn your ideas into reality, deliver on your promises, and get things done. Caesar, welcome to Read to Lead. Thank you, Jeff. That's uh, that's the best introduction I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to this podcast, and you're probably familiar with uh, the work of a guy named uh, David Allen, one of my favorite books, uh, Get Things Done, and it's it's one of Caesar's as well. 
and, and Caesar says early on in his book that project management for you makes a great companion to that book. So the obvious question, Caesar, is why do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, getting things done really saved my life um, in, in a metaphorical way, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, but David Allen with with getting things done, he helps you um, with all aspects of your life, right? So everything that lands in your lap, any piece of mail that comes in the in in your inbox, any email that comes in, he provides you with this this uh, system for you to process that, so you don't drop any any of the balls and you can keep all people the plate spinning and he talks a lot about next actions you know so let's say you take you you receive a piece of mail and it's a bill that needs to be paid then the next action about this it's pretty obvious you need to to pay this bill and but there there are many things that we need to do in life that uh they take more than one action to achieve you know i'm sure you can think of many (laughs) things and and those he calls projects and then he says all, all you need to do is to Think of what the next action is and you do that. And then when, you, when you're done with that and you think of the next action and on and on and on until your project is complete. Mm. And then he says, you know, uh, predicting a guy like me would come around. He says, um, well, you know, unless it's really complicated and like a construction project or something really complicated. And in other words, he says, you are a project manager and you, you know what to do. You have the tools and, uh, and the techniques to do that. For, but for the purposes of this book, you know, let's not worry too much about that. He doesn't say it in these words, but that's what he said. But, you know, his book came out in 2001, I think, or 2000. And and it's still and this year I think it was just um, a second edition it just came out mm. and it's still very much uh, up to date but um, I think the nature of our work the the way that we that we work has changed a lot since then mm. and we have many other things that we need to do on a daily basis that require more than one action. And they're not necessarily, you know, the next space station that we need to build. Uh, they're not that complex, but they're not as simple as just doing one thing or a couple of things. So if David Allen's getting things done is like a, a, a horizontal way of looking at your life, you know, across all different domains, then project management for you is, okay, let's say you have one project that getting things done helped you uh, single out. So how do you plan this one desired outcome? Mm. Well, I know f- uh, for me, uh, Caesar, I often go right to tools, and, and oftentimes, especially in in this space, uh, you know, there are, are tons of apps and, and project management software out there. Why is starting with the tools, in, in your view, putting sort of the cart before the horse? Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. Uh, and I use an example in the, in the book. It's it's like you're going to a dinner party and the, the dinner is delicious. And let's say you want to go home and try the same dish, right? Try to, to make it. Uh, and then you ask the host, instead of asking for the recipe, you ask the, the host, okay, what kind of brand of oven do you use? You know? <laughs> so that the oven is the tool what you need is the recipe. So what I say is that um, when it comes to, to to managing these projects, what you need is a recipe. It's a, it's a system mm. that you trust and you know it works. And then once you have the system that you trust and you know it works, then you can search for tools that can help you uh, implement the system. And, uh, and and that's why I don't like to work with a single tool, depending on the project, depending on, on how many people are working with me or the type of people who are working with me, um, then this or that tool might be better. Or you can use a combination of tools. Um, so I, in the book, I try to not to talk much about tools because they are, uh, once you have the system and you learn it, then you will know you'll, you'll, when you see the right tool, you'll know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caesar says in the book that few of us take action to make our dreams reality and fewer still see projects uh, through to completion. Caesar, why do you think that is? What's the holdup? Yeah. 
the number one reason that I've read this in many places is that we are afraid. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when we look at something that we want to do, something we want to achieve that is a little bit more complex and something that we haven't done before. Um, well, let, let's pause right here. The definition of a project is, is something that delivers a unique result and it has a beginning and an end. So by definition, almost a project is unique. So you haven't you haven't done it before. For example, writing a book, right? Uh, I think that is a desire that many people have mm. and I, the one that I had for many years. Um, and we we think about it and then we, we we don't take action, not because we are lazy, it's just because we don't know how to, it's a complex thing, you know, mm-hmm. all these moving parts, you know, uh, writing, editing, how many chapters, how many pages, um, hardcover, softcover, uh, published or uh, self-published or going with, an, uh, with a publisher. Um, do I need... I don't know. I, I heard about book proposals. What is that? And then you start getting to these rabbit trails of, of research and then you, you just freeze because it's just too much. Um, and I think that's why, and that's at least in my case, that's why I didn't really take action on, on, on many things I wanted to do in, in life. Or even worse, I would start and then not finish because um, it'd be overwhelming. So, so if you don't start, it's like, okay, well, I, you can Say to yourself that you decided not to, but you, if you start and, and quit, that is that is kind of icky, right? <laughs> it feels icky. So, um, and that is why I think um, if you have a, and, and project management is a system for you to feed these complex uh, desired outcomes, these complex things that you want to achieve in life, for example, writing a book. And, and, and then project management, if you, if you know it well, you can use it to break it down into simpler things that you can then sequence and then do them one at a time. And you can focus on the task at hand, not worrying too much about the big picture as you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. It, it, would you say that in your mind is, is kind of what's so liberating about project management? Oh, yeah. Because once you learn the, these techniques and, and this approach, then you're not afraid to dream of mm. things you want to do, you know? So as I'm writing the book, I'm thinking about the next thing. And I know that um, I can, by using project management, I'll be able to analyze it and come up with, with a number for how, you know, how much this is going to cost me mm. or how long it's going to take me to do or how many people I need help from to achieve this. And it's not just guesses. You know, they're not guesses. They are the result of, of this planning process that I tried to describe in, in a simplified form in the book. Caesar, what would you say are some of the common thread ideas uh, related to project management, regardless of the framework or methodology being used to manage a project? Right. Yeah, there are many, many methodologies, as, as, as you've kind of uh, learned to hear. But uh, regardless of whether you're using, you know, waterfall or agile or scrum or all these words that get thrown around there, 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 there is a common thread. And for example, defining the what, defining what it is that you want to do. So it is important before you get started uh, that you know what it is that you want to do. And that ju- that's not just write a book, you know, <laughs> but but what kind of book, you know, uh, what is what are you going to talk about? How, you know, you want it to be a booklet or, or a book or, or maybe several volumes. What is it? You try to define that as much as possible. And that is part of the part of the process. And then once you have that, you need to break it down. Right, as I said, into, into more manageable mm. uh, chunks. That is another common thread. Another one would be to define the work. Right, so once you break you break down the project into smaller projects, then you need to okay, what are the actions I need to take to deliver on these deliverables? And then the other part is estimating. Right, um, estimating time, estimating budget, estimating resources. Uh, how many people am I, I going to need? How much money am I going to need? And uh, how long it's going to take? And then the other parts would be like actually doing the work and how you approach doing the work. 
um, and uh, managing risk. You know, what, th- what happens when things go wrong? How do we approach um, r- risks that become issues? So we are not, you know, getting distracted too much about, by this, but also trying to turn issues and, and, and risks into opportunities to do better work. And of course, you know, you need to, you need to close out the project. That's also a common thread. Mm. So you, you actually check off that, uh, that checkbox saying that you're done. And it's always nice also to learn from what you just did. Mm. How, what, what did we learn here? What, which of these lessons can we use in the next project? Well, let's dig into a little bit to uh, the idea of composition. And I was hoping you could share a little bit of the, the story of, of the former colleague you write about that you call Naomi in the book and, and what her story illustrates in regard to the importance of, of composition. Yeah. Um, this person I describe in the book, she was in charge of a, of a research project at uh, the university. And um, she was just um, stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. And she was... Um, frustrated she let herself get distracted by different things that were not important to her project but i think because she was so overwhelmed uh it allowed her to justify taking time off to work on these side things instead of the project Mm. and and the reason is um she didn't know what she what she wanted to do you know she uh, her advisor was not much help and I, i don't know if she didn't have uh, the resources to to actually define what her project was going to be. She was really capable. She was really smart, very intelligent lady. Uh, she was working on a PhD. And, uh, and she would start working on this part of the research and she would spend months on that thing. And then at the end, I said, you know what? This is probably not right. I need to, mm. I need to take a different path. And then she just start back from square one. And the result is that she was, um, she was a mess. <laughs> you, know, you, could, you could just look at her and you'd say, Oh my goodness, you know, are you okay? <laughs> and she'd be okay. She just, she was just wasting time and, and really, um, really getting all stressed about this. Um, and composing is, is the part of, of the project management uh, process in which you define what it is you want to do. So, um, in the case of a of the book, you know the, the example I used earlier, you you can sit down and you can do this by yourself. But if you're working with a team or with a business partner or your spouse, you can sit down and say, okay, what is it that we want to do? And you try to define that as best as possible, understanding that you might change your mind as you start working on it, mm-hmm. but you need a place to start, right? Um, even if it's just so you can get started for the next couple of weeks. So what is it that I want to achieve? when it comes to this project in the next two weeks. And then you define that as in, in as much detail as, as you can. So when you go to the next phase, which is to decompose, then we can, with confidence, break it down into smaller parts so you can actually do the work that needs to be done to achieve it. Mm. Well, I love, Caesar creating mind maps. In fact, I was just working on one this morning related to uh, Read to Lead University that I'm launching uh, next month. How does leveraging mind maps aid us in project management? And, and what are some of the advantages of mind maps in your view over uh, traditional outlining tools? Yeah, if you look at a mind map, is uh, it looks a lot like uh, like the nervous system, right? It's, <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's no coincidence because I think that's how our brain works. Our brain does not um, process information in a linear way. Mm. Um, we, we think of the color red and then makes us think of fire trucks it makes us think of fire and then heat and then food and then hunger and then before you know it you're you're thinking about i don't know the vatican who knows right <laughs> but but we we do not think in a linear way we we let our ba- our brains and our minds go into the, this, the different branches of thought 
and a mind map is the perfect tool to kind of illustrate how our brain works. And in my mind is the, the best way that I have found to organize my thoughts because you can freely brainstorm. And then later, once you have it all in there, then you can see how things correlate to each other and how things fall under each other. And when breaking down a project, um, you can use a mind map to break down a project. In fact, it is what professional project managers do. They don't call it a mind map. They call it a work breakdown structure. Mm. But it is a mind map. Uh, it's basically an organizational chart type of diagram. So you have a central circle in which is the main idea for this document. And then you can um, branch off, branch this, this main, cir main circle into smaller circles. And then you can do the same for that second level of circles and on and on and on. So when you're breaking down a project, you, you can put your main idea in that center bubble, if you will, and then you can break that bubble down into sub bubbles. And then you can look at each of the sub bubbles, and then do the same until you get to a point where you're you're comfortable with how much you have broken down. And we can talk about that and when, when to stop and things like that. But that is why a mind map is both um, uh, helpful because that's how our brain works, but it's also helpful in breaking down the idea or this one thing that you need to deliver. Do you have a particular digital tool you like to use or an app, or is it just a, an analog pen and paper? I do both. I find that sometimes um, if, if I'm overwhelmed, if there's just too much going on, I like to step away from the computer mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm. then I use pen and paper. Yeah. But if I'm in a good place, if I'm, you know, it's Monday morning and it's, I'm fresh, I, I like to, to plan on the computer screen because of the flexibility. Mm. Um, and for that, I have two, I, I use MindMeister, which mm. is, uh, you can find mindmeister.com. You can use up to three mind maps for free. And I purchased a copy of uh, Mind Manager, which is a desktop application for Windows and Mac. Um, that is, um, I mean, it's not, it doesn't run in the browser. So okay. uh, there's some benefits there. Um, and if you want to d d dive deeper into project management, then mind manager has, it's a much more powerful, um, application in which you can change, you can turn these mind maps into, into spreadsheets and gain charts and things like that. So I use those, uh, the combination of, you know, pen and paper, mind meister mm -hmm. and mind manager. I also like MindMeister. MindMeister is what I was using uh, earlier today. I have it, uh, the app on my iPad and the desktop uh, version as well and get a lot of use out of that. And Mindly, uh, M-I-N-D dot L-Y, is, is another app for my iPad that I have found pretty powerful. And really, if you just kind of quick and dirty and want to put something together real fast, uh, that's a great, uh, great iPad app uh, to try. Nice. Um, the, yeah, the, 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 one of the latest, uh, developments there from, from MindMeister is that you can, um, you can bring people into the map and you can, uh, do a little bit of project management there by creating, by turning items on the mind map into tasks, and then you can drop into people's names and then they get noticed that, Hey, there's a task for you. So if you know project management, if you know agile or Kanban, it, it fits right into that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just leveraging that this morning. I, I, I hadn't used MindMeister in, in a little while and am working on one mind map with multiple people and saw that you could do that. And I was like yeah. so excited. Like I did not know that. So yeah, yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. Google apps style. Google yeah, Docs. Exactly. Style. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, when I think of the word decomposing, uh, I kind of go a morbid route, but it's a different, uh, different context here. Describe the process <laughs> of, of decomposing as it relates to project management, Caesar and, and why it, it often needs to be, in your opinion, a joint effort. Well, I'll start by saying what decomposing is not, right? Because decomposing is basically breaking things down into smaller chunks. And we've heard this before, right? Mm -hmm. um, how many times have we 
um, let's say we're planning a birthday party or, or our wedding, right? And uh, we start thinking about it and it's like, oh my goodness, that's just too much work. I better sit, sit down and write a to-do list. So in our minds, we're trying to break it down. The problem with that is that when you break down a, a thing that you want to do, like for example, a wedding, right? A wedding is a noun. And you, if you're trying to break it down into a to-do list, a, a to-do list is a list of verbs, right? So you can't mm. break down a, a noun into verbs. So to decompose, you're basically taking the one thing that is complex and big and you're breaking into smaller things that are simpler, but still things, mm. not actions, right? Okay. So... So that's how, how you do to that, that's how you decompose. So taking you back to the mind map, if you think of a mind map and you, you think of that center bubble and you break it down into let's say four sub bubbles, two things need to happen here. Number one, these four sub bubbles need also to be things and nouns, right? That you can actually deliver and hand it to someone, for example. Mm-hmm. And if you add sub item one to to two and three and four, together they need to compose the top level bubble. Right. If if you think there's still something missing, you need a net, another. I need a fifth bubble. Mm. So that's how you decompose this one level. And then what you do, you take the sub bubble number one, and you do the same exercise. You break it down into sub nouns, and again, they need to add up to 100. percent It's called the 100 percent rule. So that's how you properly decompose a project into smaller chunks uh, by thinking in terms of nouns and and terms of things, and also checking to see that hey are the if, if i added this all up do i have the the parent item and if i don't then i need to do some more work and as far as timeline goes if i remember correctly in the book you talk about for you at least when you get to a point where you've got something that you can do in a day to a, a week that's that's kind of your your litmus test for knowing when to when when you've done enough is or when you can stop with the map is that accurate that is right, yeah, and this is something that is it is discussed a lot in the, in the in the project management circles. Is when do you stop, right? So, and that is one test that you do. Like um, when you get to a point that you look at that sub 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 deliverable and you think, okay, this is something that can be uh, that can be delivered in let's say between a day and a week or a day and two weeks, then that's probably a good place to stop. And when you stop, uh, we call that item a, a work package. That's important later on when you're trying to do your estimates. Mm-hmm. So that is the that is the test. You're right. Well, well, now that we've broken a project into these manageable steps, Caesar says that we are ready to evaluate what to keep on our own plate and what to delegate uh, to someone else. And 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 Chris Ducker uh, in the book is alluded to here. And Chris Ducker is a former guest on our show uh, back in episode uh, 33, where he talked a bit about the power of delegation. Some great stuff. If you want to check that out. Uh, Caesar, what have you learned from Chris that that helped you decide what to keep and 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 what to delegate? Yeah, and this is the the perfect stop uh, spot to talk about that because now we have these work work packages, these things that take between a day and a week to to do, mm. and um, now we're ready to do them. And now we can clearly see, look at them, and say, you know what, I don't know how to do this, <laughs> <laughs> or or I don't have time to do this. And that's why I think people have such a hard time delegating because they don't do this exercise. But if you do it, then it becomes clear, okay, these are things that I need to delegate. And what Chris Tucker talks about, I've, I've heard him on, on, on different shows. I might, I might have heard him on, on your show as well. I know you and, did. <laughs> <laughs> and he asks himself these three questions. You know, he, So he looks at the things that need to be done. First question is, do I want to do this? <laughs> you, you might know how to do it, but you may not want to do it because it's not your, it's not your favorite thing to do. Hmm. Second question is, do I know how to do this? 
And that's, I think, even more important question. Mm. Because if you don't know, then maybe that's a good sign that you need to bring in somebody. <laughs> and the third question is, should I be doing this? And that is the hardest one. Because right. as, as entrepreneurs, we, we want to be in control. We want to be doing everything. But there are things that only we can do. And maybe this one uh, item here on, on this project is we're totally capable of doing. We are fast. We know how to do this well. And it's even fun to do. But, but our time should be spent elsewhere. And that is uh, the third question. So when you're, looking at, when you're looking at these work packages, you can ask yourself these three questions if it helps you decide whether or not to delegate. And that's the that's the main le- lesson I learned from from Chris. And people talk about it in, in different terms, but I think he uh, he was really succinct and really clear, and and it, it creates a very practical exercise that anybody can do. Mm. Well, I want to get to some questions, Caesar, not directly related to the book, but before I do that, I want to give you a chance to share with us if you like anything else from the book you want to make sure that that we know about. Well, one of the things that we talk that I talk about in the book, and this is not in my original outline, but I put it in there after I did my research and I interviewed a number of very uh, successful project managers. And I asked them, so what is the number one um, item that, that should be part of, uh, of any project? You know, and a lot of people said the work breakdown structure, which is the, uh, the mind map looking uh, document. But the first runner up was uh, risk. <laughs> so thinking about what could go wrong and having some sort of a plan ahead of time in case it does go wrong. Mm. And, uh, and that's not a very complicated uh, exercise, but just sit, if you have a team, sit down with your team and, and try to, to predict the future a little bit. And some things are kind of easy to predict that, that could happen or not happen. And then you make some sort of a small short plan on, on how to tackle them. And then the the next thing that you do is you assign that risk to someone in your team to be the lookout for. I use the in the book I use the the Titanic example of the the boat sinking and the and the lookout that didn't see the iceberg. Um, but but icebergs were a risk as there are icebergs in your project that are going to happen. Or they're very likely to happen. So what do you do if you see an iceberg in the horizon? You know what is the the action plan? You know do you turn left, left do you turn right, do you slam on the brakes, do you? The yell for help. What do you do? So you're not making these decisions when it does happen, and then and then it adds to your stress. Um, your leadership suffers, and um, and everybody just gets all excited about it. But if you think about it ahead of time, some sort of a plan and no and an owner for that risk, then that uh, that helps a lot. Mm. Well, we've mentioned a book or two along the way, and so I I think I know your your answer at least partly. Uh, I'd love for you to name for us a couple of books that you've read over the years that have had an impact on you, Caesar. Two or three titles maybe that you keep going back to uh, again and again and, and share maybe how or why they impacted you as they did. Yeah, I think the first one is pretty obvious and it's uh, getting things done. Mm. In fact, I make a point of reading that book uh, once a year. Oh, okay, <laughs> Just, cool. Yeah, it's um, it's a book that I, I don't know if you feel this way, Jeff, but every once in a while you pick up a book and you think the person wrote it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, it's not, not every business book that I feel that way, but getting things done uh, because I'm so naturally disorganized and historically unreliable. Um, <laughs> I end up, that book really set me on the path to be uh, um, an author and to be on your show, for example. You know, I, I wouldn't have done any of these things if he wasn't for David Allen's ideas and, and his approach to, to chaos. So I really recommend getting things done. There's a new edition. So uh, you can just read this, the second edition because it's a bit more updated. You know, the first edition was from uh, late 90s. So he talks about uh, PDAs and um, Lotus Notes and things like that, <laughs> uh, and a lot of a lot has happened since then. But the core message is the same. So get, getting things done, second edition. 
The other book that really made an impact on me uh, recently is a book called Resonate by Nancy Duarte. Yeah. And if you haven't had her on your show, you should because she is um, she's phenomenal. She is a public speaker and uh, uh, she trains people and companies on, on delivering presentations. So some of her clients have been um, Google and Apple and Amazon, some of the big names. And he, she's written a book called Resonate in which um, she breaks it down. Okay, what makes a successful presentation? And that can go not just for you know, public speaking, but also for, for your writing and for your podcasting and for your um, networking. Um, so that book is is golden. And I believe that it is free uh, in iBooks. But if you have an iPad, I really recommend it um, to read it there because she has uh, examples. She has TED Talks that you can press play and watch it right there. Uh, she breaks it down and says, what, what made this part of the presentation effective and, and what happens here and there. So that is um, a very, very good book. I have the physical copy uh, mm-hmm. or a physical copy of that book, but I did not know about some of those extra benefits to owning an iBook version. So I'll have to be sure and check that out. Yeah, big big fan of Nancy's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you have uh, been doing, especially since the release of the book, a fair amount of, of public speaking. And I'd be curious to know, uh, to get some tips from you in that regard and know, uh, you know what they are. What are your tips for delivering an impactful and, and memorable public talk? What's working for you these days? Yeah, um, as you can tell, English is not my first language, right? What? So I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know if you're kidding or not, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but but so you know, I know that public speaking is one of uh, it's the the one thing that people are most afraid of for some reason. Now imagine if you have to do that in Chinese, you know, it's 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 kind of the equivalent for me, um, and I learned to enjoy it to the point that I'm I, I seek out opportunities to go and speak. And in fact, we met in person. When I was speaking at uh, this podcast movement yeah. last year, so it's something that I great I learned to enjoy greatly. And um, some of the tips that I've learned, you know, it, number one, the, the audience they want you to do well. <laughs> <laughs> They're not judging you. They are, you know, it's one of those situations. They are they are on your side. Um, so it's not you against them. And one thing I learned from Nancy's book is that the presentation is not about you. Um, it's not even about the audience, not even about the content. It's about the journey that you're taking the audience on. Mm. And she makes a comparison between um, a public speaker and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, which is kind of timely now. So um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's job was to con- convince Luke Skywalker to join the rebel army. That was his job, mm. right? To get Luke to that edge of that decision. And then he kind of dies and he steps away. Um, and our our job as a, as a presenter is also to present a new idea, uh, open the minds of, of the audience, and then, hey, here's a new thing that I think you should try. You should, you should join this rebel army, for example. <laughs> and, then, and then that's the end of your presentation. You take, take them by the hand so they are educated enough to make the decision, and then it's up to them to make the decision. And if they do, they're going to remember you. Mm. Uh, just like I remember Nancy for, uh, read, by reading her book, um, and, and because she helped me, you know, through that decision to be more active in, in seeking public speaking. Um, and she was my Obi-Wan, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I, every time I'm asked that question, which one is, which is a book that has helped you, I, I mentioned her book and, mm. and then, then just be human, you know, um, mm-hmm. and try to turn your shortcomings. We all have short shortcomings, try to turn them into some of the, the positives. Like, for example, I have an accent and English is not my first language. So I try to joke about that, you know. Mm. Uh, I make a mistake on purpose and a mistake that sounds a little bit 
inappropriate, you know, and I, I look like I don't know, I don't know why people are cringing, you know, <laughs> things like that, uh, you know, and now people remember me, you know, because of that, you know, so try to see, okay, what is, um, what is something that maybe you are self-conscious about? Maybe it's your voice that sounds funny, or maybe you're, you're short, or maybe, you know, you're uh, still uncomfortable. Maybe this is your first time. Mm. And then use that as part of your talk to kind of break the ice. And, and as I said, people, the audience is on your side and they're going to, oh, okay, we're going to see that this is something you're struggling with, but you're, you have a, a good attitude about it and that, that goes in your favor. Excellent. Well, I'd be curious to know, uh, Caesar, what is next uh, for you and your team? What are you guys working on that, that, that you're excited about and, and are able to share? So I'm a, I'm a Mac person, right? So I use um, I use the um, the Mac apps, and one of the, my favorite apps is OmniFocus. The folks who put OmniFocus together, they have a, a number of other apps, including one called OmniPlan, which is a project management app that had been kind of neglected for a few years, and they just announced that there's a new version that is out, version mm-hmm. three. So um, somebody said, "Hey, you know, Caesar, you should do a." Um, you know, a tutorial on um, OmniPlan. So this is something that I'm gonna that I'm planning to to launch in the new year. Uh, the URL might change, but if people go now to uh, learnomniplan.com, you can sign up for the the mailing list. And if you do, you know, when I do launch it, you get a fifty percent discount. But um, it's still in the planning phases. But that is the next thing in my horizon when it comes to my project management endeavors. Is uh, is a, a course on how to use this tool. Mm, and give us the URL one more time. You said it might change, but for now, it's what. Yeah, learnomniplan.com. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, simply put, Caesar says, life is a project. You are the manager. The book is Project Management for You, How to Turn Your Ideas into Reality, Deliver on Your Promises, and Get Things Done. Caesar, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge with us today on Read to Lead. We really appreciate it. Jeff, thank you for the opportunity. I've been following your work from a distance, and it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. I've got a link on the website to purchase Caesar's book, which is available in ebook form for just $4.99 at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 110 for episode 110. And when you purchase that ebook version, Caesar will throw in the audiobook for free. Again, just visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash 110. And by the way, all the other links and resources that Caesar and I talked about will be available at that same link including how to connect with Caesar online. I want to say thanks to our latest iTunes reviewer, First Time 5K, who calls Read to Lead Intellectual Mind Candy and gives it a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much. If you'd like to leave a rating and review, you can do that on iTunes at readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes and on Stitcher, readtoleadpodcast.com slash Stitcher. That will do it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read to Lead.